0: CONSPIRACY UNLIMITED, with Richard Serrett.
1: If Trump succeeds and he wins again in November, that's it, he would have defeated the cabal, the crime syndicate in Washington, D.C., entrenched for 60 years or whatever it's been, or more, and he'll drain that swamp, clean it out, and start a whole new era of complete, transparent government of the people, for the people, by the people, with a bank of the people.
0: Welcome to episode six of Conspiracy Unlimited Plus. Michael Tellinger is here on the line from South Africa to discuss what can be only described as truly historic, a complete game changer, if it's true, of course. That is the takeover of the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank by President Trump and the U.S. Treasury. Michael has concluded it is true. And it could signal the end of the Rothschild family's control of the world's banking system. And he's here to tell us how it all went down and what it all means. Tellinger is an author, scientist, explorer, and humanitarian who has become a real-life Indiana Jones, making groundbreaking discoveries about advanced, vanished civilizations at the southern tip of Africa. His continued analytical scientific approach has produced stunning new evidence that will force us to rethink our origins and rewrite our history books. Michael is the founder of the global Ubuntu liberation movement of higher consciousness with members in over 140 countries. Ubuntu's one One small town can change the world strategy has attracted the attention of several mayors in Canada, USA, Australia, the UK, and other countries. And Mayor Ron Higgins of North Frontenac, Ontario, has become the first mayor to implement this system. Michael exposed a vanished civilization at the southern tip of Africa that left behind more than 10 million stone ruins. These ruins are not dwellings, but energy-generating devices and are most likely the work of the Anunnaki and their gold mining activity in this part of the world. Michael presents empirical evidence that this vanished civilization has an astute knowledge of the laws of nature and they used the power of sound and frequency as a source of energy. Michael Tellinger, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
1: Fabulous, Richard. Nice to talk to you.
0: Your recent video regarding Trump and COVID-19 and the takedown of the Fed has gone absolutely viral. Uh, the last I checked, it was around, what, 500, 600,000 downloads?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely uh, captured the imagination of the people that are aware of what's going on in, in the world of finance and the Rothschild empire and the global control systems. And it create, quite, created quite a bit of excitement um, I must say and I'm certainly excited about it. when I when the penny dropped for me, I was astonished, astounded when I realized what Trump was up to and um, and I think it's, it's it's changing the paradigm completely. It's, it's rearranged the deck chairs on the sinking Titanic. It might even plug the whole of the Titanic at this stage.
0: I have, I have a friend who is a um, a former student of the late Marshall McLuhan. And uh, he was the one that first brought this to my attention. And he, maybe he he saw your video. I'm not sure where he got it from. But talking about how President Trump used COVID-19, I'm not saying he made it happen, but he he took advantage of this crisis to take down the Fed. And you know, I'm not. I don't understand global finance. I don't pretend to. It's very complex maybe you can walk us through how uh, something like this would be accomplished, and then we'll get into why it's significant. How does one take down the Federal Reserve?
1: Okay, so I just need to correct something. The global banking system is not complex. It's actually incredibly simple in its foundational structure. What becomes complex are the rules and regulations and the laws that were created by the Rothschild bankers that were then filtered down to all the central banks of the different countries, and from the central banks and from also the the, the Bank for International Settlements that controls all the international st- central banks of every individual country, how they create this very complex legal system and financial system structures, and that's the complex thing. But the actual control of the money system is very, very simple. The control sits with a bunch of banking families that have taken the control and to themselves, given themselves the, the right to be the global authorities and the rights holders to create money and print money. And through their central banks, they have taken control of all the governments to Im- impose their and install their puppet master presidents and leaders, and, uh, and through those central banks and their puppet master leaders and presidents, they control those countries. So it's very, very simple. It's just, it's been very, very difficult to break the stranglehold of this global banking slavery system because most people are, are unaware of it and they've woven a very clever, intricate web of deceit, deception, lies, propaganda about what the money system is, how it helps us and benefits us, how it keeps the economy going, that without money, the you know the the world money makes the world go around, and without money, there'd be no progress. so they've they've written this narrative for the last two hundred and fifty years and created this global financial control system that most people don't understand because they just don't realize that it is a an organized crime syndicate that is holding the world hostage. And that's how simple it is. And Donald Trump found a way to take control of the Fed without shooting a single bullet or firing a single gun or saying anything nasty about the Rothschilds or trying to expose them as being a global you know, extortionist crime syndicate that, that controls and manipulates governments. He did none of that because if he had done that, he would have probably been called a conspiracy theorist and he would have probably been deemed to be crazy so he very quietly just just brought the Reserve Bank, the Fed, into the United States Treasury, um, and under the guise of they need to work closer together, and uh, and that's what the mainstream media reported on on that event that the the Treasury merged with the Fed. Well, that's the fudged mainstream news propaganda to try and hide the fact that Trump took control of the Fed.
0: So essentially, the Fed now is kind of a shell corporation, and the money. Does that mean that the 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 responsibility uh, for minting the money returns to the U.S. Treasury?
1: That's what it. That's what it seems like. Uh, I believe that's the case. It's you know it's this is it's very this is a very complex, uh, like I said, web of laws and regulations that they've created but my understanding is that that's what's happening right now is that the treasury has complete control over the printing of the money and how much money is issued they still follow the same protocol they or they seem to be following the same protocol through how they request the money to be created through the government and they request it and then they issue mm-hmm. bonds and uh, and th- that whole very complex system like i said that they've created to make it complicated so that people can't figure out what's really going on. That is just smoke and mirrors, right? So it seems that they're still following the same process, but now, ultimately, since the Fed is part of the treasury, the Fed is just told what they should do and they do that. And you might see the odd meeting and the press conference that, um, uh, what's his name, Powell? Jerome Powell, um, yes. Jerome Powell every now and then. I think they're about to have a a, a full day or a two day conference, uh, or they just had one. I haven't listened to it yet. If it already happened, but all it's going to be is just more more rhetoric and smoke and mirrors and blowing steam about how well the economy is doing and how this and that. And uh, it's just it's just uh, a fairy tale story that that's given to us to try and hide what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, it is spectacular it is the most spectacular deception that's ever been pulled over him over the the eyes of all of humanity and for those that that are aware of the central banking system uh, this this is obviously a very wonderful and exciting story because if it is true and and for all intents and purposes it everything points to this being the case that donald trump took control of the fed and um and that's pretty much opened the door to every other global leader to do the same. And if that happens, I believe that if just two or three other Western countries, a few European countries, whether it's Canada, whether it's France or England or, or Germany or Italy, any one of the European countries uh, or possibly Australia, if they do the same thing, if they just do what Donald Trump did without any fanfare or making any big you know, announcements to the media, because that's when it blows up in their faces. Just bring the Fed into the treasury because the Fed can't defend itself. The Fed doesn't have an army. The Fed relies through the control of their puppet master governments. They rely on the, of the army of the country, of the people, made up of the people, the sons and daughters of the, the people that actually defend the Fed against people that want to bring it down. It's, this is just how evil and corrupt the whole thing is
0: these COVID relief checks that the government issued $1,200 and I think they did a second one and, and Trump very astutely insisted on signing those so people made sure they yes. they, they knew where the money was coming from. When they go yes. to cash those checks, are they going to get dollar bills that now say U.S. Treasury notes or U.S. dollars rather than U.S. Federal Reserve notes?
1: I don't know. I don't know. And you know, it doesn't matter if it says federal federal notes because the Fed is now under the control of the Treasury. So quite frankly, I think if, if I was Trump, I would just leave it as it is. I wouldn't rock the boat too much. I would just, you know, because that's what JFK did and JFK got taken out because he started to print the United States notes. That became very obvious and very visible. And before too many people gotten onto what, uh, what JFK was doing, they got rid of him and, and took control of the, of the printing of the money. And, but I think Donald Trump, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen the United States money since March. Uh, And I haven't spoken to any Americans to, to ask them what the money looks like at the moment or if any new money has been released since then. Uh, But if I was Trump, I would just leave it as it is, just print the money as it is, because he controls the Fed now, and the Rothschilds can do nothing. And if the Rothschilds do jump up and down, just think about this. This is an incredible uh, thing that he's done, because if they do jump up and down and say, oh, you've stolen our Federal Reserve Bank, this is disgusting, that means they've admitted to the fact that they've held the American people hostage all these years.
0: So the the practical... Uh, outcome of this, uh, because they'll still be doing banks, still practice fractional reserve banking, and so forth. So, yeah, what what is the net effect of this? How will this will this further uh, prosperity and peace?
1: So, this is really important that what people need to realize that the only reason that our money constantly devalues, you know, that today you can't buy with one dollar what you could buy ten years ago uh, with ten cents. And, and it's just it just everything keeps devaluing and there's inf- crazy inflation and there's taxes and there's levies and all kinds of things that, that we just pay, pay, pay for everything. That's not because we're stupid and we don't know how to grow things and create things and build things and sell things and distribute things. The only reason for that is that uh, the, our governments are forced to borrow money from the central banks that are separate institutions the the central banks are, are institutions that operate outside of the legal systems outside of the jurisdiction of their countries so you can't sue them you can't the, the, you can do nothing to them they do not fall under the Constitution of the United States or or Canada or any other country the central bank is protected there's nothing you can do to the central bank they are law unto themselves and I know this because I try to take the South African Reserve Bank to the Constitutional Court I had a in uh, 2013. Uh, and and you know, it was quite a big thing on the news. You can go and see my interview, believe it or not. I actually, I did an interview on MSNBC, the, the financial television channel here in South Africa, um, about this court case against Standard Bank, the biggest bank in Africa, uh, and, and then also the, the Reserve Bank and taking the South African Reserve Bank to the Constitutional Court for crimes against humanity. And it was with the Constitutional Court. I lodged the papers. It was with the Constitutional Court for probably about a week. At which point, I received an email from the Registrar of the Constitutional Court, and uh, basically an email with a stamped document saying uh, we, you, we, they will not um, they will not launch that case or whatever the right word is or proceed with that with that court application uh, because. Uh, after examining my papers and my documents, a thousand-page argument, right? One thousand pages of arguments. Um, So this was a lot of work that we put together over probably about a three-year period at that stage. And after about a week of looking at it, their response to me was, you have no prospect of success, therefore we will not take this case on. So how, how do I not have a prospect of success? Did they have a quick private session where they discussed it? You know, it's like, what's going on? And at that moment I realized, okay, the the constitutional court is completely and utterly controlled by the South African reserve bank because ultimately the, the central banks of the country, of every country, they, uh, they control the financial policies of the countries uh, because they control the flow of money. And, uh, and the reason we have taxes and interest rates and inflation and VAT and levies and et cetera, is because our governments are forced to borrow money from these private institutions. The moment they say, sorry, we don't want to borrow money from you. We know how, to, how printing press works. We can print our own money. Thank you very much. We can start issuing money for ourselves. And this is not something that's never happened before. Of course, this has happened many, many times in various countries. But every time this happened in other countries, they would use some other country's army, generally the United States Army, because it was the biggest army, they would use the USA Army to invade that country, come up with some terrible story about the the leader of that country, whether you know, whether he's a drug dealer or a pedophile or whatever. They just, fake news would just completely smear that that leader and or they create a revolution in that country, a fake revolution, wag the dog vibe, you know, and literally just destroy that country, and the Rothschild Bank would move in and take control of the country once again. It is unbelievable. So now, what we're sitting with is a very exciting prospect for the entire world to free themselves from this Rothschild Banking Empire slavery system, because the biggest territory for the Rothschild Empire, which is the United States, unquestionably by far the biggest territory, has now been stolen from them. So they have no access to the army and the military. They can't come and go out and, and make it big mainstream news, because then they by by doing that, they'll admit that they've been holding all the other countries and the United States um, to ransom and hostage for all these years. And uh, they're not going to do that. So they're using the entire power. They've pretty much unleashed... All their assets on Donald Trump. They will do everything and anything. They will destroy the United States. They will burn it down. They'll break it down. They'll destroy the economy. They'll do everything and anything to regain control of the United States. And if it means burning it down or creating civil war and completely destroying that country, they will go to those, that, those links because that gives them complete control over that broken down country And when they take complete control of a broken down country, it gives them even more power than taking control of a country that has um, far more prospects of people taking that control back. So it is an incredible moment in all of, well, pretty much all of human history, because this information of the central banks controlling our lives and destroying the world will finally come out and people everywhere will realize this, what's been going on. And Donald Trump is leading this. He's the spearhead of this around the world.
0: The timing is interesting. Did this happen, this takedown, using COVID-19 as cover, or did it happen before and COVID-19 was the retribution?
1: It's, it's difficult to say. It's very difficult to say what's what's how this happened. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they suspected what Trump was doing, what he was leading up to. Um, and uh, and they they planned the COVID nineteen thing uh, to to cause problems and make it more difficult, um, or if they already had COVID nineteen planned, and it seems that that was planned a long time ago, and maybe the timing just coincided with us, and they were they hoped that it would it would undo Trump's um, assault on their bank, but I think it it just played it's it's all playing. It's it, every time another drama happens, and this is everything we see evolving in the United States is a planned, staged uh, um, uh, intelligence insurgency exercise. It is very obvious. You know, anyone that had, that has read um, that has read confessions of an economic hitman will understand what I'm talking about. This is how they invade countries. This is how the Rothschilds through the United States have been invading the free world and taking control of the free world. It's a terrible thing for the American people to realize that they, unwittingly they've been used, their military, their young sons and daughters were being used in false flag events all over the world, invading countries under the prince that these were bad people and they were our enemies. They wanted to you know, destroy America when most of the time that was not true, that those were trumped up, <laughs> trumped up. Um, situations mm-hmm. for artificially created situations that were used then to to wrestle up support uh, military support and 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 uh, rise the, or grow the patriotic um, uh, emotional um, beliefs of the young Americans that would then very eagerly you know go and invade these other countries believing that they were doing the right thing that is one of what is actually one of the great tragedies, how so many young people have lost their lives, and people whose countries were invaded lost their lives, and the countries were destroyed, all because of the greed and the control obsession of the Rothschild banking empire. They will do everything and anything to keep control. Uh, It is spectacular. When people realize the amount of carnage, bloodshed, Uh, death, how many wars they've started over the last 250 years, um, and how many people they've killed, how many leaders they've taken out, how many people they tortured, abducted, murdered. It is spectacular. It is by far and large the largest organized crime syndicate in the world, the Rothschild Banking Empire. They make every other crime syndicate, whether it's the Russian mafia, the Jewish mafia, or the Italian mafia, or the drug cartels, They are nothing compared to the Rothschild banking empire.
0: Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. There are so many crazy stories on the Dead Files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love Tales of the Paranormal. But if you want more, listen to the Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. You know, it's interesting when you look at the history of the United States, it has been shaped by this battle for either giving a central bank a charter to operate in the United States. And as you pointed out, there have been periods in history, great uh, periods of great prosperity when they did not have yes. uh, a federal reserve. But right from the beginning, when you had Thomas Jefferson warning about the power of central banks being greater, a greater threat than a standing army, and then along comes Alexander Hamilton, who really pushed for that. And what's interesting to me today is, Who's celebrated in popular culture in the United States? Not the founding fathers. They have a Broadway play, a, a smash hit Broadway play dedicated to Alexander Hamilton.
1: Oh my God! Yeah. Well, this is exactly you know, these guys. The just people just need to realize that. The, this, this Rothschild banking empire is the largest business in the world because it owns the world. So it is an incredibly well controlled business. They have agitators, instigators, infiltrators, insurgents operators. They have media. Uh, Specialists, propaganda masterminds. These guys have been at this for 250 years, since 1760, and they know exactly how to manipulate countries, people, presidents, leaders, armies, generals, uh, media. They are master manipulators, propaganda specialists. They will turn any situation or they have the, the capacity and the evil intent, the evil capacity to turn the most beautiful, harmonious situation into the most violent bloodshed um, you know, th- that one can imagine. And, and this is exactly what's happening in the USA right now. And I, I believe that Trump is right now... Spearheading the liberation of the entire world, and the world does not really know this. And uh, it's it's very exciting when people when I see people you know suddenly the lights go on and they see this because if Trump succeeds and he wins again in November, that's it. He would have defeated the cabal. He would have what he you know drained the swamp as he calls it. He will clean out that American uh, establishment of political. Um, uh, political, cr- cr- The crime syndicate in Washington, D.C. has been there for entrenched for 60 years or whatever it's been or more. Um, and, um, and he'll drain that swamp, clean it out and start a whole new era of complete, transparent government of the people, for the people, by the people, with a bank of the people. And that is the most exciting thing that has happened in the last 250 years.
0: When, when the, the United States started opening up and a number of jurisdictions uh, after the, the quarantine started opening up, and then we had these shocking, really, these shocking job numbers that came out uh, from May when they were expecting uh, something like 8 million fewer jobs, they showed a, a growth of 2.5 million jobs, even in the midst of this quarantine uh, is yeah. that when the 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 powers that be that oppose Trump decided? Okay, COVID nineteen didn't work. Now we need to to, uh, to to bring in this rioting and looting and a race war.
1: Yeah, and that's not working either. Look look how that's fizzled out. Now suddenly it's turning in Trump's favor because now suddenly all those the the. The, the whole question now is defund the police, get rid of the police departments. Now suddenly the Americans are waking up going, oh, my God, now they're going to take away our police? What's going on here? No, 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 they can't do that. So suddenly Americans are realizing that this is just going the wrong way very quickly. And people are starting to dig their heels in and realize that we need to protect ourselves. We need to protect and help the police. It's like... Increase funding to the police. You we know, train the police, engage with the police, give them more training, more more involvement with communities, make the police more more uh, integrated into the communities, and give them more training, give them more funding. Not the opposite. Um, and I think that's actually working 100% in Trump's way at the moment, in, in Trump's favour at the moment.
0: Well, What's interesting to me is the people that that show up at protests, the protests, the G twenty, for example, and the and the the, the IMF and the World Bank. Uh, they're the same people that are, uh, by and large, uh, opposing Trump. Why don't they get it? Why don't they see the
1: well, the not, inconsistency it's not, here? It's not the... Yeah, Richard. I think that keep in mind here that we're dealing with a very complex and controlled manipulative situation. Um, You know, from George Soros that is paying billions to run, control mobs, uh, Antifa, um, whatever other underground uh, insurgency operatives that he funds and and has them trained and to manipulate these situations this has got nothing to do with good-hearted uh, people that want to make the world a better place yes there are uh, of course there in, in all these marches there've been a lot of peaceful protesters and people that obviously want to go there and just just you know stand up for peace and and unity and so forth and and that's expected you know i would do that but my feeling is this if I was part of, the pro- part of a protest, and I have been in protests, so I speak from with some experience. I've organized protests against the banks in South Africa, so I, I have some experience in this. If I was part of a protest, the first window that was smashed or the first fire that was started, I would immediately call an end to the protest and withdraw immediately as the organizer of that protest to say, sorry, this is not what we came here for and this protest is officially undone, and I'm withdrawing, make a statement. This is not what we came here for. We came here to march peacefully. That did not happen. So any of these guys that organized these protests, and they turned violent, and I mean, it's ridiculous what was going on, and what may still be going on without us realizing it. So... That the, the guy organizers of those protests are, must be held accountable for this. And Because if that was my protest, I was the organizer, I would immediately stand up somewhere with a light hailer and say, guys, we did not come here to, to break down uh, our society and our community and uh, to start fires and, and loot uh, shops. We came here to protest peacefully. Right now, if you're a peaceful protester, go home. We're going to reassemble again for a peaceful protest another time. Uh, this it, it has to happen like that. Otherwise, what are you doing? You're just there complicit. You're supporting these people looting and breaking and you're doing nothing about it.
0: How does what Trump has accomplished, destroying the Fed, and hopefully there will be a domino effect and this will happen in South Africa. How does this further the Ubuntu uh, mission where one small town can change the world?
1: Uh, it, it, it aids us and helps us 100 percent because what it what it does it makes people realize that the banking system is rotten at its core. And, uh, and it makes people look around for alternative options. How else can we structure our society? What else is there other than the capitalist system that's been shoved down our throats? What if we start cooperating and collaborating? And when they discover the Ubuntu movement and, and uh, the, the, the whole philosophy of contributionism, where we cooperate and collaborate for the greater benefit of everyone in our community, instead of competing against each other and destroying each other's lives and businesses, and then they get very excited and they realize that there is a fully evolved system that's that's evolved since 2005. This is not something that's new, it has been thrown together in the last two weeks or two months or two years. This is something that's grown and evolved over a 15-year period. And it is now ready to be embraced by millions of people around the world, especially the one small town can change the world strategy, because that has just become such an incredibly uh, well Evolved system and a structure for small towns and communities. And when I say small towns, I mean anything from 5,000 people to 200,000 people. So it can be reasonably large towns as well as small cities, where the prosperity that will come to those towns once they start cooperating, collaborating according to the very simple plan of action that's been laid out and evolved over a long period, once they start just implementing those few plans of actions. The abundance that comes to those communities, the amount of success in money and success in the businesses that they establish and on, on every level, whether it's um, of growing food, whether it's agriculture, technology, healthcare, education, uh, engineering, uh, arts, culture, all the areas of these towns literally just explode in, in, in success. They become incredibly successful. So, yes, so what is happening in the USA and the, the residue, the direction that this is going very quickly is turning people and pushing people and bringing people to the Ubuntu movement, discovering the One Small Town strategy and getting very, very excited about it because these are very dark, depressing, gloomy times where many, many people, in fact, I would, I would guess that majority of the world's population right now. Are very negative about the future of of their countries, their communities, and the world, uh, because our, most countries' economies have been destroyed. Many people's businesses and lives have been destroyed, families have been ripped apart, uh, and so forth. So, very few pe- ve- very few people have a very a rosy outlook towards the future. So, when people discover the Ubuntu movement and the prosperity and abundance that comes with implementing the one small town strategy and how simple it is to implement it, they get very, very excited. And suddenly it is like a a rebirth for them. And, And it really, it's a spark that they desperately need to know that there is a bright light at the end of this dark and gloomy tunnel, that there is a way out of this terrible situation that we find ourselves in, no matter what country you live. And it's possible. It's very simple. It's possible. And we can do it right now.
0: Uh, Just about out of time, Michael, but just give people a sense, uh, a very, uh, very broad overview of how contributionism works, and then we'll tell folks how they can learn more.
1: Yeah, well, contributionism is really just the opposite of capitalism. It still works on on, uh, initially, obviously, initially in its initial stages. So we first of all, the, the mantra that we use is we use the tools of enslavement as tools of liberation. So we use money, we use the structure of business, of capitalism, of corporate structure, legal legal systems, uh, the police systems, the, the municipal systems, and even the political system without having to get involved in politics by finding a mayor that wants to do something good for his or her town. And we use our new technology we have brand new uh, electric electricity technology that we then offer to this community no matter how big it is whether it's 1 megawatt or 1000 megawatts we'll bring those generators to that community and we just we actually just give this technology to that community once and that once that they've paid it off so obviously we don't give it to them for free but uh, once they've paid it off, that generator belongs to that community. That means they at that point getting free electricity. And everything we do in that community um, then is built on the income that comes from that electricity because it belongs to them. So that electricity, the, the funds from that electricity every month remain in that community. That is a huge amount of money every month. And that becomes a foundation. The electricity supply for that community that belongs to the community is the foundation to spring many many businesses, obviously agriculture, growing food, becoming completely self-sustainable um, and self-sufficient from a technology, IT, healthcare, everything you can imagine. Um, finding the industrial opportunities in the towns that have been neglected, reactivating those industrial opportunities, finding the people that have special skills and talents and bringing them in and funding them and giving them the opportunity to, to bring their talents and skills to to um, fruition and start a whole business or a whole industry around that individual. These businesses are very well planned, very well structured, and, um, and the objective is to make as much money as they can for that community. What we ask of the people of that community in return for getting that electric generator and in return for getting the benefits from all the businesses that we do, uh, whether it's food or technology, whatever, uh, everyone is asked to contribute three hours a week. It's completely voluntary. So no one is compelled to do this. But everyone that chooses to contribute three hours a week in a very well-structured, planned um, uh, system where we know who is good at what so we can allocate people to different things. So we start all these businesses, well, very well-planned, very well-funded, It provides a very interesting funding opportunity to conscious investors because now they have a community that all works together, that all wants that business to succeed. And the community as a whole is a co-owner of each business. So whatever business we start, whether it's a bakery, whether it's a dairy, whether it's food growing or food production or making cornflakes, whatever we choose to do, the community co-owns that business. So you as an investor have several thousand or several dozens of thousands of people that are all on your side, all rooting for you to make your business a success. Why? Because they're co-owners of that business. And there's only one of those businesses. It might have many outlets and many, many branches, but it's essentially one business that belongs to that community. The intention is to make as much or grow as much food or make as many computers as we can so we can export the excess. And from that excess comes the benefit to the community. And the benefits of these kind of communities, once you start doing the numbers, are simply staggering. Keep in mind that a a business that employs about 5,000 people or more, the average turnover of a business with 5,000 employees is around $1 billion a year. We can begin to equate communities of 10,000 to 20,000 people with businesses of that size we can turn our small town of 10,000 people or 20,000 people into a community or a business that becomes a fierce competitor with any other global corporation that turns over a billion dollars a year and we will do it more efficiently we'll do it better we'll have more more cohesiveness because everybody is you know sings from the same hymn sheet suddenly our small towns become the most financially successful models of financial success of capitalist success yet the people that participate in the community all get these things that we do for free because you know these that's one of the benefits they get so if we grow food we supply ourselves the food for free free for everybody that participates in these in in the in the businesses and, uh, and, and yet, and we, while we export everything, all the excesses are exported, obviously, we have very good structures because we know how to hire the best salespeople and the best marketing people and the best video production people to promote and market everything we do. So very quickly, our communities can become incredibly wealthy financially while we use very little money within our communities. And uh, that's when people realize that we don't need money. We actually just need each other. Because we're making all this money, but we're not actually using it. And that's when the whole consciousness thing kicks in. And you realize, oh my God, money does nothing. People do everything. We're the guys that are growing the food, building the bridges, developing the technology. We're making all this money, but it's not the money doing it. We're doing it. And the whole thing about money changes very, very quickly. And I believe that in a very short space of time, in a few years of this one small town Strategy kicking in, and thousands of small towns beginning to do this, becoming incredibly successful financially and completely self-sustained. And share starting to share things with other communities. Uh, all of this is on our website, um, ubuntuplanet.org or onesmalltown.org. It's easier to remember onesmalltown.org. I believe that within a few years after this being launched, um, what will happen is because we start using less and less money the whole idea of money will eventually just fade away. And we'll look back and go, wow, you know, I haven't, when last did we use money? And then people realize, oh my God, we, we actually don't even need it. Why did we ever use it?
0: Michael, thank you for providing us at last some, some positive news and positive outlook in these very bleak times. You're to be commended for that and be well and God bless.
1: Thank you very much, Richard. You take care.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, just enough time to say thanks for listening and thanks for your support, Plus members. Until next time, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
1: A new Conspiracy
0: Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now.